The Ringer Gambling Show is here to help you place your bets on the biggest sports around the world. Join NFL analyst Warren Sharp on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays with guests Chris Vernon, Ben Solak, and Joe House to guide you through the NFL betting landscape. Each week, they'll cover everything from spreads, game totals, and parlays to player props, futures, post-game reactions, and more. Check out The Ringer Gambling Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. This is Roast Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. Husky, Steve Kazee. This is Trey Kirby. This is your girl, WB superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hi, this is Lillian Garcia. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to the And you're listening you're to, listening to and you are listening to the and you're listening, and you're listening to You are listening to the Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Welcome to the Masked Man Show with Kaz. This is gonna be a this Ooh. is gonna be a big one. Man. <laughs> The, the, the amount of double dutching and <laughs> tightrope walking. We are oh going to walk gosh. on this one. Yeah, oh, boy. Get, I'm a limousine riding, jet flying, <laughs> tightrope walking. <laughs> two sides of the mouth speaking son of a gun over here. Um, there's so many jokes that I want to let off, but I'm so certain there's a possibility of. Woo, yeah, let's 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 just roll with it, man. You know what? Let's just roll with it. Let's set the stage. Everybody probably knows this, but the word came out, what, was it just Monday? Like, it was very recently that that we just came out of nowhere that WWE had filed a trademark for the name Gunther Stark, right? Right. For somebody in developmental. And first of all, just just that and the next, like, five hours, like, it was a sort of whirlwind. You know, everybody's like, because it turns out Gunther Stark is the name of a sort of... uh, he, he, not it's sort a, of. It's he a was, Nazi. Was, no, I was going to say a sort of a, a Nazi jobber. He was. Let's just call him. A, <laughs> we'll call him a mid Carter. He wasn't. He was. He was. He was the curtain jerker at the Nazi. At the Nazi. He <laughs> wasn't. Yeah. But I, okay. Right. So that's just even to point that out is sort of quibbling with you know the the is is sort of you know it, it we don't need to spend too much time on that. I guess. Let's what I'm not. Saying. Let's not. Because. Please. Because, you know, the first people are just like, how, why are you filing for trademarks without doing a simple Google search and realizing, because if you Googled it that day, whatever day they filed, the, the, the only, the first and only hit you would have gotten is semi-notable Nazi, Gunther Stark, you know, like right. whatever. And you're just like, okay, maybe we'll just ch- pick a different last name. Now, Semi, semi-notable Nazi is a hilarious description, by the way. Is there anything, if you're going to be a Nazi, you know, and you just like, accomplish something. Um, I mean, there's only like one very notable Nazi, right? Like this guy, <laughs> the rest of them, the rest of them are only moderately known. <laughs> there's probably big ones that are bigger than Mr. St- than Stark. But yes. anyway, they're they're all about accomplishments. Those Nazis. 
<laughs> the whole like why did you trademark it without googling it thing seems totally beside the point to me because right. i think because for there's a million ways that i can imagine it happening especially at like even a moderately you know chaotic workplace yeah. i mean I didn't realize it was happening so immediately, right? So my first reaction is like, there's probably just somebody who sits in a corner of the room. You would probably, you would probably know the answer to this. Who, like, whenever you're pitching ideas for creative, is just making a list and trademarking them all five seconds later because that's like, like, what if, what if meet the meeting? What if this idea leaked out and somebody heard about it and then somebody else copyrighted one of our forty-five ideas for a German name? You know, like whatever. Right. You know. <laughs> so that I just assume always assume it's something that it's like. Or, or it's like they did Google it, and like after the meeting, like Vince was like, "Yes, Gunther Stark, let's go." And they did Google it, and even though they knew it, they were like, "It's easier just to t trademark it and have this conversation later than to go to Vince and say, you know, I don't right now and say, you know, try to get in front of him, try to get FaceTime and say right. there's a problem with this name, right. whatever." There's a million ways that it, that, that it could have accidentally happened, even with someone knowing better, right? Not a good way to run your company. I can understand it. But the problem is, it wasn't something in the far-flung future with like 50 potential German names or whatever. This was the name that they're going to give Walter, who is like, if you make a list of blue chippers, if you make a list of people in developmental who have who have a potential to be like top tier main roster talent in the next six months, he's at the top of the list. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Uh, on top of that, he got spelt. You know what I mean? Like that was always the big thing with Walter, right? It's like he he's got, a hell of oh, a he worker. Got, he got skinny. He got, he got, he got good, good looking. Shape. Yeah, like he got in good shape. He got some got some cuts on him. And you know, when him and and, and Imperium pulled up, I'm like, oh, okay, they must have got the call because you hadn't seen Walter in a while since the um the, the incredible match with uh, Dragunov uh, late yeah. last year. And uh, the next oh, time you see a, him, he's had like a series of bangers. Like every title defense he's had is like a different version of incredible yeah like he's just the like there's a handful of people that you only want to see work with smaller guys because he's just the greatest at looking like a, a monster every time out but i could just completely picture like some poor writer you know what i mean like so so here's the thing right in how it works usually now in my time I never participated in this exercise. Apparently, this is a, a, a very strictly, uh, you know, NXT developmental type of exercise where you just get a bag of names where, you know, it is comes from the talent, comes from a bunch of the other writers, comes from all that type of stuff. And it's it's as it's pretty simple. Like, it's not as convoluted as one would think for something that should be pretty important. You know, it's a bunch of names. You throw it out there and whatever sticks, you just kind of roll with it. You know what I mean? So I could def definitely picture some like poor writer's assistant being like, hey, we got Gunther Stark. And guess what? It was so easy to trademark. <laughs> it was such a <laughs> and they're all excited. Like, yeah, like, go ahead. Let's 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 rock this out. Um, man, uh, that's that's one of those indefensible things, though. And you know me, like I will find the positive in most things in professional wrestling because <laughs> go figure I watch professional wrestling to be entertained and to enjoy it. So I really try my best to find the positive in most things. And as that was happening, cause I missed it. I missed the initial Twitter uh, news post. But I did think, you, from, did you hear about it before Walter changed his name on the, or is that the first time you heard of it? So I, I, 
I caught the timeline of it like after it happened. I had, I, I was covering the Knicks that night, so I, I had to go back and watch 2.0 afterwards, right? But by, by the way, the Knicks <laughs> lost that night, right? The Knicks so, lost like, that night. So, so <laughs> when I finally threw up on Twitter, because I didn't watch NXT live either, I finally threw up, threw up on Twitter, and you know, it like gives you the catch up tweets of all the yes. tweets of like the people that you pay a lot of attention to that you miss. And yes. there's all these tweets from you that are just like, oh no. And, whatever, and I'm just like, oh, is Kaz watching NXT Live this week? And <laughs> no, see, that's the thing. Those were my Knicks related tweets, right? So that see, that's the beautiful that's the beauty of of covering wrestling and, and basketball. They can just be so uh just 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 work for so many things. Um, so then I'm catching up backwards. So the first thing I'm hearing, you know, as I'm watching the game and getting ready for PM is Roderick Strong and Walter having a match of the year candidate right now. So I'm like, oh man. Can't wait to go check that out. That's going to be awesome. Um, and like I said before, like Walter's one of those guys that, you know, you just love to see work with smaller guys because he, he's never put on a bad match. And Roderick Strong is a, a cardio maniac. So you had you it had all the potential to be a, a, an absolute banger, right? Then you just see the timeline just in utter... There's just like an utter confusion that just happens with just question marks and what and gunther and what and then you're seeing screenshots of stuff and then now i'm doing my, my research backwards and seeing what you said five hours earlier uh on, on fightful they trademark gunther stark who happens to be a name of a nazi pilot and um not for nothing i mean as i'm you know starting to think a little bit more about the Imperium gimmick and Walter and everything that's done. It's like, okay, want to cleanse the ring of, okay, the ring is sacred. Okay. And all these other things. I'm like, sounds a little, uh, there's so many parts about this conversation. (laughs) There's so many parts of this conversation that are hard to know where to go. Right. Because it's like, like my sort of whatever jaded mind, uh, like, I'm going to be honest. I went to, this isn't a very famous Nazi, what are we so worried about, like really quickly in my head, right? Did not, would not say it out loud. I'm saying it out loud now in the interest of full disclosure. When people say, when people say be better, that's, this is what they mean, folks. It's like, you don't have to do the thing that feels like funny to do in the moment. You can think for three seconds, but whatever. But like, it's because there's all these little things that are like, yeah, it, in another situation, you can like make a joke about it. You can make an ironic defense of it. You can shrug your shoulders about it. It doesn't count here. And that's sort of what matters, right? But one of the things that's kind of hard to figure out where how to say it out loud in the conversation is, yeah, Ring Conf and Imperium have sort of been trading on this shit for a while. Not to any kind of problematic degree, but like that's sort of been, like they've made a lot out of the allusion towards this this sort of stuff. I mean, their right? entrance music is Symphony Number no. Nine. Like, it doesn't get more. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, yeah. I mean, and and I think Bartha or something recently tweeted Imperium over everything. Every every yeah, everyone. There's all this sort of like deliberate illusions that go along. I mean, that, that sort of point back to the Third Reich. I think it's more. I mean, listen. 
there's a long history. Another thing is difficult to talk about. A, a, a long history of Nazis and pro wrestling. I mean, mm-hmm. like, like what, like you know, the Von Erich family. We're not defending burst. this, by the way. First of all, Von Erich were wrestling Nazis. <laughs> I mean, they weren't really Nazis, right? But like Hans Schmidt was. I wrote a piece a million years ago uh, about how, like, you know, there was a point in time where the professional wrestler Hans Schmidt was like the second most famous Nazi in the world, you know, because he was just running around like terrorizing everybody. Um, selling out houses, you know, whatever. And this is at a point in time that the Nazi gimmick in pro wrestling really took off when right at the tail end of World War II and following when there are all these veterans in the audience, right? All these dudes that like were out there like risking their lives fighting Nazis. Now they're sitting in the crowd and suddenly these Nazis are coming out and they're just like, like winning and it just like makes fans fucking pissed off. Of course. It's like, what do you do? And even if you're like, you know that it's a gimmick, but that makes it even worse, right? Because you're just like, you're trading off of my personal sacrifice yeah. to make yeah. me mad, right? I mean, yeah. that, and, the, and so you're mad. Yeah. So this, is, mean, this has been going on for a while. And the, and listen, and, and, the, and the sort of, like the aforementioned allusions to, uh, you know, Nazism or whatever else in a gimmick like that, that's not, that's not inherently problematic. And that's not new to pro wrestling or anything else either. I mean, listen, no, it, it is not like, on PC for George Lucas to make the empire Nazi influenced, right? right Just right. using that sort of influence is a, it's a visual cue. It's an illusion. It's not like, that's not inherently problematic, but it's a little on made, the nose. But, it's a little but, yeah, on the no, nose yes, with this one. Yes, but, but, but if in the second trilogy, or like what, or like he had changed Darth Vader's name to like Darth Hitler and made him sort of a good guy, or made him a fan favorite, like that's that becomes. <laughs> <laughs> this is so bad. This is so bad. I, listen, so I, I say, I hear everything you're saying, Dave, and, and I say all the, the things to say, you know, what I've mentioned before. I don't think it was a mistake. <laughs> like, well, you so think that they people... googled? You think they googled Gunther Stark and were like, "That was a not. It's it's a Nazi name. No one's gonna figure it out. But like those mm. who do will know it's a Nazi name. So we're gonna go with that." You think that was the idea? Listen, NXT 2.0 has gone there. Like I know, uh, you know, a lot of folks have been very like anti NXT since it's not black and gold anymore, and you know whatever you think of the change of it, but like. They've been toying around with some controversial gimmicks, like up and down that show. I mean, I know we all love Tony D'Angelo, loving to death, but like that is one million percent like all the Italian stereotypes are rolled into one. And if it wasn't fun and hilarious, like I'm sure all it takes is one person to be like, hey, I'm not really fucking with that. I think on on top of what makes this uh, very deliberate is it's like, yeah, this dude, if you read between the lines with Walter, and Walter was somebody who I was feeding for when I was when I was working there, and so like, hey, this guy is awesome. He needs to be stateside. We need to get him here somewhere. The big thing I heard around there was, well, Walter doesn't want to live in America. Like, he's very comfortable where he's at, and, you know, he's not coming. Well, now he's here. And so I'm sure he seems to have changed his mind. Yeah, he he seems to have changed his mind. And if I know anything about, you know, performers, there is a a thing that's green and has some dead presidents on them that probably changed his mind. And um, 
it doesn't seem like they're going to, this is a throwaway gimmick. It kind of seems like they're really going to put a lot of muscle, a lot of the machine behind Imperium and especially uh, the, the artist formerly known as Walter, you know? Um, well, this is sort of what I was wondering. I mean, we've talked about this before in the show about the whole sort of new regime of NXT. It's not just the NXT 2.0 television project, but the new concept of developmental. And maybe, we talked before, maybe the idea is, all blue chippers, no mid carders, right? I mean, you got like we, you know, the, the running joke is he just the WWE just wants an army of the rocks, right? And yeah. and and so maybe the move was we're going to cut five thousand people from the roster, and then we're going to use all of that money to convince Walter to come over and wrestle full time on the, <laughs> you know, I mean, seriously, it's possible, it's very possible. But, um, but he's but, but he's awesome. I mean, like nobody, anybody would want Walter, and I am willing not fully willing to forgive because this doesn't jive with like any the way my brain works but i'm willing to set aside the cognitive dissonance of he has been on your television programs for years using his name walter and now we're changing his name and pretend well i guess this isn't a pretend you don't notice situation you know this is this is this is less a uh what was a great what was an example of pretending you don't notice uh this is someone who looked exactly this i guess this is less an example of like probably veer <laughs> yeah true when we were kids it happened all the time you know i mean it was just like like you know isaac yankum became kane i guess under a mask but eventually yeah. he took it off or like i came the african dream mm-hmm. well <laughs> yeah I mean? but but this is more uh, this is maybe closer to a king because that was storyline right or closer to like michael mcgillicuddy becoming curtis axel because he just cuts a promo and changes his name right um because he did acknowledge it on screen, but still, uh, and, and Walter did too. Like yeah, right that's after, what I, the, that's right what I mean. The... It's closer than that. It's closer to one of those. This isn't like a try. This isn't playing you for a fool watching the show, mm. but it is sort of like just doing the bare minimum hand wave to get you away from that. So anyway, no, I, I don't now, know. I don't know. That was the last. That was the go home segment of NXT, right? So like, I'm sure there's going to be some sort of explanation. I'm sure he's going to talk about it. Like he said, no, no, nine. You know what I mean? At the end, of, right when they were about to announce him, he's like, I am Gunther now. You know what I'm saying? And um, I don't know if they're going to, he's going to have to talk. Like, they're going to have to have him cut some promos on NXT. So, like, I'm sure the more we hear from him and the more we see where his character is going, because outside of the ring being sacred and, you know, uh, taking, you know, the craft of pro wrestling very seriously, we know NXT 2.0 is big on character. And big on, you know, this is who this person is. Um, so <laughs> the messed up part about it is if that bothered you, I shudder to think what's going to happen in the next few weeks when, you know, Walter is the most talked about guy in NXT. You know what I mean? And listen, if they're going to go all in on super villainous mega heel Walter as your guy, as your main, you know, antagonist on NXT. Shit. Ron Breaker is about to be a superstar. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, like, he's going to be on some Hulk Hogan shit in a few months because, you know, by the time he's ready, because he's going to, obviously, you know, you know the game plan. He's going to mow through everybody for the next couple of months and weeks until Braun Breaker comes and steps up to the plate and, you know, body slams him on the Intrepid or does whatever he does, you know what I mean, to <laughs> say USA, USA. And, uh, I, I, man, it's going to be... I I have the sneaking suspicion they're going to lean into it even more 
Like, I think they're going to keep like tugging that and poking that bear of controversy to see how much they can get away with. You know, like, I think that's what, you know, you've read the storylines you've seen, you know, around the, 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 the dirt sheets about how they're going to use NXT to be a little bit more edgier. And you've seen it with Toxic Attraction. You've seen it with Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes. You've seen it with Andre Chase. You see it with a lot of these people. They're saying shit all the time. You know, like they're they're gonna try and take it there. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. I, as as much as it was like disturbing to see, I think it was also very deliberate. And I, I and I don't think as much as we give creative crap for you know things kind of falling through the cracks, it doesn't it doesn't make it that far up the ladder without it being deliberate at some point. So I think it's going to be a little bit more on the nose next time we hear. Well, from, they don't really Gunther. have the ability to be, to be vague about it now. No, right. No, no, no. I mean, you know, if they had kept Walter and Imperium and just sort of played it safe, they could have, I don't know if they could have gotten away with like selling red armbands in the merch table, but they could have gotten, <laughs> Oh my God. no, I mean, I'm being serious, but like they, they had, we had Nexus. I mean, they could have had like green armbands or something, you know, just whatever. Like they, like, like they, if they want to just make like the, and that's a very like over the top example, but like right. now they can't do the, even this, they won't be able to do anything in that direction without everybody just saying, you know, d- d- you're you're doing the Nazi thing that we all know you're trying to do. <laughs> you're doing the Nazi thing. This is this is where we are at. This is where yeah. we're at with WWE. Listen, it, it's been done before. It's not like there hasn't been a precedent for WWE to really toy on like like really play on human emotion, especially when it comes to nationalism you know what i mean like yeah. there's it's 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 been done before and it's yeah so it that sergeant like slaughter shit the sergeant slaughter iraq warship was like super yeah controversial like in the and midst of the gulf war you know like obviously there wasn't social media back then but i'm pretty sure there was a lot of people who wasn't jiving with that back then as well you know so it is people have a and i don't want to i don't want to i want people to be very clear when i'm when i'm saying this i'm not saying this to absolve people of being outraged people have every right to be outraged you know people have every right to feel like this is i'm not supporting this because this is a little bit too on the nose and like you know i can't speak for how people's families have been affected you know what i mean and 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 people's history is just the same way i would go batshit if something was is was insensitive to black people or insensitive to women you know what i mean same boat i'm not saying this to absolve anybody of any way they're feeling all i'm saying is it's been done before um and i think the high majority of fans there's the, there's that there's that section of fans that are upset at the content and, and why they named this dude that and there's of this upset of subset of fans of thinking this dude didn't need a name change he was already well known in your company you know what i mean like and it's just doing it just to do it and it, it sometimes that's enough to turn somebody off from your product. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like it's okay. not that it's not that difficult. So many things to talk about here. One, just it's totally beside the point, but I do want to just spend like one second because you mentioned like Tony D'Angelo. And I yes. can say this as a totally my wife's Italian. That doesn't give me the right to say anything, but like she thinks he's fucking hilarious. We all think uh, he's hilarious. I love him. But it only takes but, one person no, to be like No, but 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 listen, I mean, well, we I don't we don't have to deal with like we're gonna get into like 
politics shit on the show, even though I guess we 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 sidle into it all the time. But like the Italian American experience is a very is a, is a pretty particular one in America. But like it's only by the virtue of the sort of privilege afforded people who are perceived to be white, which Italians were not when they came over. But there's like if you want to bore yourself with like or not bore yourself, if you want to read a good scholarly book, I mean, there's this guy David Rodiger who wrote the book The Wages of Whiteness. His second book was called Working Towards Whiteness, and talks about how Irish people and Italian people when they came to America weren't actually perceived weren't considered white, and and through the working class experience and because of a lot of other political machinations uh, um, afforded them and also played against them. We're kind of now we think of them as white folks, right? So like you can make fun of white folks, and that's and and there's a reason for that, and I and that's defensible, right? But it's sort of like a coin flippy thing, like you know. But you can't so you can't do that with like some with 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 other classes, and you certainly can't take like history's greatest monsters in 2022 and try to cash in on that and sell tickets on the back of that and not and not have some backlash, right? So you got, I mean, I don't know, I honestly don't know where the you can't do that line lies in this because this is a performance and this is a, this is this is entertainment, you know, and no one's mad. I mean, no one would be mad if there were a TV show with a villain named Gunther Stark, if there, if he was the villain and they were, you know, and they, and you're telling something, whatever. But this is a very, wrestling, wrestling is a very specific form. Now, you know, you also talked about the different reasons people are upset, and and you're right. I mean, you're you're upset about this. You should be upset about this. There's a lot of reasons to be upset about that. You don't have to hold one thing in your mind at a time. But uh, I just want to be prepared for this thing because everybody's like, everybody's justifiably huge Walter fans, right? You were a Walter fan when you worked there. There's a lot of lot of fans. I talked to somebody uh, in a in a well, I talked I talk to a very significant figure at WWE yesterday about this. He, he said, if it ain't broke, why fix it? And and this was someone who works in the main roster, you know, works in where it doesn't necessarily keep an eye on developmental all the time, but like was very familiar with Walter the wrestler, right? Of you, everybody knows, everybody in that bu- building knows who Walter is and is just sort of waiting for the moment, right? Um, you... <sighs> There's gonna be there's gonna be somebody at some point. I mean, okay, so everybody's a fan of Walter. Everybody WWE, a lot of people at WWE are fans of Walter. And like I said, Ringkampf and and Imperium have been winking at this sort of thing for a while. But we're also, but you know, and, and they've been given a pass on it, which is fine. But it's gonna, but at some point, it might come out. I don't know that. I mean, certainly Walter went along with this name change, right? It might come out that it was his idea, like whatever, that he came up with the name. We don't know that, but there's been a long, I, I say all so this So I'm say, glad you mentioned that because there was there was a tweet, there was an old tweet from Kyle O'Reilly, you know, when he was still in NXT, when he was like, you know, in like his cool Kyle character, talking about getting slapped up by Gunther, referring to Walter, you know what I mean? And apparently that might have been like a nickname, you know what I mean? That that people call Walter like around like insider circles or whatever. I could be wrong, but like that wasn't the first time somebody's referred to him as that. And especially somebody who was, you know, working with him. You know what I mean? So th- th- there's that. There's also the story about Mustafa Ali, who recently requested his release. Uh with reportedly, obviously, you know, where this is all speculation, but you know, we're going through some pretty reputable folks who have reported on this. You know, Mustafa Ali was pitched a storyline that he quote would never go along with. You know what I'm saying? And you shudder to think what that could have been, especially just knowing Ali 
personally and knowing his history and knowing how much it meant to properly portray Muslim Americans, especially mm-hmm. on TV. You know what I mean? So like, like he had previously a- basically drawn the line in previous interviews or whatever he had said, the thing that will that I'll never do is uh, terrorist gimmick or whatever. And then yes, he, he, he and specifically then, and then, said that he would never be, if he would ever be a heel, like his, he obviously wants to be a baby face because he thought like nobody, some, I think a promoter when he was in his indies days said nobody would ever cheer a, a Muslim baby face. Right. And he went so hard to be that super purebred baby face that the only way he would ever be a heel is if it had absolutely nothing to do with his, you know, his, 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 his nationality and, and, and his, his religion and all that stuff. So, that's the other thing that kind of lingers in the back of your head where it's like, well, if it wasn't Walter's idea and it was somebody that came from the higher ups and you recently just had a pretty high profile, I wouldn't say super high profile, but a definitely pretty notable performer request their release. You know what I mean? And reading between the lines and seeing what he's saying about being able to put out a specific type of art you know, that is not, uh, you know, and, and pretty much saying that WWE is in the place that he can do that anymore. You know, it kind of makes you wonder. I don't want to speculate, but it kind of makes you wonder like, damn, like, is this, is this the, 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 the button that's going to be pushed now to really get people involved and interested in the product and bring in well, a new fans, okay. you know, I, I don't know. A, I want to put a pin in that for five seconds. Remember this question. Kern, yes. remember this because I want to come back to this. Here's what I do want to say, just real quickly. If it, even if it was his idea, it doesn't make it okay, right? I mean, there's this there's this long tradition of of in wrestling of being like in modern in the modern years of being like super have, doing something super offensive, finding out it was the wrestler's idea, and then a lot of and then wrestling fans kind of decide that we can let it slide. Like like the fact that like whatever that like uh uh the Kabuki warriors were the, that, that was the wrestler's idea or like that, like Eddie and Chavo or Eddie came up with the line cheating, stealing gimmick of like the, you know, whatever of Latino heat. Like it doesn't, it makes it maybe a little bit more. Okay. If it was the wrestler's idea, but you're talking about, you're talking about a workplace an environment, a culture where the wrestlers know that those things are going to be rewarded. Yeah. Right. That's, that's, that's the thing. I don't know if it's all the way, the best idea, even if it is their idea, you know no, what I mean? I think like, it's because a, no, that's it. It's, it, it's, I know it, how it it's works a reflection there. of everything around them. Right. Cause I mean, you gotta if, consider if the Tony Atlas came up with Saba Simba, that doesn't make Saba Simba. Okay. You know? No, <laughs> like, no, <laughs> no, you still gotta, you gotta, you gotta consider the alternatives, right? Like it's either come up with this, that they like, or not be on TV and not make money. So like they could be like, oh well, but it was your idea. You know what I mean? Like it's almost like a Jedi mind trick. Whereas like I'm sure it wasn't their first idea, but like at the end of the day, when you're not getting on TV, you're not getting TV time, you're not getting put in important storylines. It's like yo, I just I will do anything. I will do anything to get on TV. And you'd be surprised how many people will sell a little bit of their soul just to be on tv and just be like you know what as long as i get on i'll 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 ride with this gimmick i could eventually change it i could eventually make it my own but like i just got to get on tv and just because it's like hurricane Hurricane helms tweeted yesterday that uh here let me pull up this tweet Mm -hmm. he he you know he said 
In my WWE TV debut, I lost my name, my gimmick, my entrance, my entrance song, my finisher, and my cruiserweight championship all in one night. He said, if I survive that, Walter will be just fine. Now, that's totally setting aside the Nazi thing, which is, you know, fine. This is a complicated conversation. Set things aside left and right. But that's, you know, you're right. I think Walter's going to be, I think Gunther's going to be fine. Right. I think as long as he doesn't become a literal Nazi, I think that he'll probably be fine. This is just at, this is but but the you know, and, and sometimes it's OK to be like, listen, he didn't. None of that Nazi shit made it on TV. Can we just stop talking about it? But like it's not in this case, you know, you can you can set things aside. But this is a time where like it's it's not really helpful to set things aside. You know, it's like we like it would actually be a huge fucking issue if they ran a Nazi gimmick and and at a bare minimum us bitching about it and whatever on this podcast might help 1% for, to make sure they don't do it. <laughs> you know, like that's it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they can't, oof, oof. The funny thing is not <laughs> funny at all. I'm sorry. There's always this sort of like, you know, stories outweigh other stories, but like we might be having a conversation maybe not as broad and as loud as this one, but like we might just have spent the same time had that not happened. We might just be talking about Saray doing a Japanese schoolgirl gimmick on NXT 2.0 now. Uh, but that sort of big, it took the back seat to this. You're, the gimmicks there are pretty fucking broad, man. I mean, you were talking about when NXT 2.0 started and there's parts of it that I really like, but I, I joked with some folks that it's like they took, it's like they tried to build an entire promotion around babyface Roman Reigns heat. It's like we like, it's like you took the worst advice, right? It's like you looked at Roman Reigns' babyface run, you're like, yeah, the pay-per-view fan, pay-per-view, you know, the live event fans were booing him. The TV fans were booing him like crazy, but look how well he's doing now. And so we're gonna make a whole promotion full of dudes and ladies who basically have go away heat. You know, it's like it's 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 really and it, like baby faces that have go away heat, right? But there is a certain piece of this where it's like, I think I think that for the first time WWE is on some level aware of the of the power of go away heat, and they're and, but and they're and they're, you know, it's like the Spider Man thing with great power comes great responsibility. They're not really they're not really indulging in the responsibility of it, right? I mean, I think that they're probably just like. I mean, it's, I don't know. And this is I mean, not they've talking hit on, to anybody they've there. They've hit on a couple. They've hit on a couple of guys who had what would pe what people would qualify as go away heat. And one of them's a box office superstar right now with a great show on HBO Max and the other one's at the top of the company. So it's like, boo if you want. The proof's in the pudding. The proof has yeah, been but there's the a difference the between There's a difference between we're mad at WWE for, do, for shoving this guy down our throat, go away heat, and... This is gimmick is actually Nazi and, and again, or racist or whatever else he, you know, I mean, and I, I don't know. Oh, they, you gotta just, there's going to be a, there's, there's a point. I mean, it's, it's increasingly hard to get legitimate booze in pro wrestling. Mm -hmm. Too many and, cool heels. <laughs> well, it's not just cool heels. It's like to be, if you're good at being a wrestler, then fans like you and me are going to cheer for you. And if that, and if you're a heel, you're going to get cheers even, I mean, so certainly, I mean, there's a lot of heels that if you're, if you're that good, will give you respectful boos, right? Paul Heyman gets booed out of respect, right? Like we understand that you're playing heel, so we will boo you, you know, but like, you know, it's tough to get boos. If, but if someone back there is thinking, 
we're going to make these people so legitimately mad by making a Nazi character that he's going to get booed and we're going to get booed and we're going to cash the checks. You know, we're going to laugh all the way to the bank. That's not the right lesson. That's not the right way to get booze, right? That's not an, that's not an acceptable way. And oof, we'll see. Well, anyway, so Ooh, what we do you spend so, a lot so, of time on this? <laughs> so, 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 what do we think this means? Uh, so, Walter, are we are we gonna do are we gonna do Imperium versus the Diamond Mine? In in is that where it's going? I think For, that's where it's going. And then I we're gonna it. and then probably we're gonna see Imperium up on the main roster in the not too distant future. I think so. I think we're either getting that or we're, I think they're going to go up there as a collective, but I do think they're leaving some money on the table, not having, you know, Walter Braun Breaker at, at some point for the NXT championship, because as dominant as, as Gunther has been for his career, you know, he's never really toyed around with like even going for the NXT title, you know what I mean? So that there's a whole story in there and, you know, Right there, you know, so, but I don't, I, I think, I think their days on, on NXT are numbered. I think, uh, they are a main roster act, you know, and, uh, we'll see, man. Let's give it, let's give it to the day after Russell, the day after WrestleMania. That's what I'm giving it. I think we'll, I think we'll see those guys on Raw SmackDown. I don't think he needs to go after the NXT title. I think that the sort of interesting thing about him up to this point is that he seems to sort of hold himself above the NXT title. The fact that he cares more about the NXT UK title and doesn't care about the NXT title shows a sort of like unique mindset, right? That like that that contributes to the good to the character. You know, I think I think that's fine. It would be fun to see him and Braun Breaker, but they'll wrestle at a WrestleMania, you know, the twenty twenty six or whatever, <laughs> and it'll be fine. Um, and Braun Breaker's out there just like, Reichsteiner, the Reichsteiners are one-eighth Jewish, and we have a problem. <laughs> I can't make that joke. Um, no, no, the, I don't think any of us can. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's a it's good. You know what's interesting to me is that all of his great matches, and this is totally going the opposite direction. We're just going to talk about boring wrestling shit now. All, all of these, all those bangers are like, or you know, Gunther, whatever, Walter versus like these like standout cruiserweights, not cruiserweights in the sense of like high flyers necessarily, but smaller dudes. I mean, you can go back and watch that Survivor Series match that he popped up in as Walter, by the way. Uh, he's, he, he's not, <laughs> he's, he's not going to. He's not taller than any of the than a lot of the dudes in WWE, you know, on the main roster. He certainly he's he's not he's going to have to switch it up a little bit, you know? He's not he's not Andre the Giant anymore. So it'll be interesting to see how he makes that transition. It, that part of that part of that thinking might be that you really got to turn up the heel shit to to compensate and you end up in a weird place like this. Um you're t- you're tempted to say we'll see let us see where it goes. This is a this mm. this is this is a bad mm. one. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, listen, I'm the messed up part about all of this is now I'm interested. Now I really want to see where they take this. You know what I mean? Because you can't just have somebody main event your show, put on an absolute match of the year classic candidate, change their name at the very end. And now I'm hooked. Now I'm like, well. That was a fucking great match. That was such I'll, a great match. I'll see y'all Tuesday. Do you what think you they're really going to do? You think they're really going to, I mean, te- like you're interested to see what happens. Like, do you think that like Imperium is going to come out and like, like act like they're about to do the Zig but not go through just to like tease the crowd? They'll have their own version of that. I guarantee you like the, the hands behind the shoulders thing was uh, almost like a little tease to that as like a soldier or whatever. But I mean, we'll see, man. I, 
for better or for worse, I'm I want to see what they're gonna do with it. I just want to see. So we'll see. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. If there's one way that's easier to get booze than booking a Nazi, uh, it's booking Dan Lambert as a manager. Nah. Do, you like, do you like that segue, guys? Uh, there you go. Let's do it. Lambert is now like the big, the public face of AEW. I'm not quite sure how I feel about it. I actually don't mind Dan Lambert. I mind, I mind Dan Lambert in slouchy hoodies, you know, and like dad jeans. Like if you're gonna be a rest, if you're gonna be a heel manager, like why are you? If you if you care enough about wrestling to be as good of his talker as he act as he on to be honest is, like is there no part of you that wishes you were wearing a sequin a sequin coat? Or like a, nah. you know, just something, a black suit. I think he'll lean into like it whatever. eventually. I think he'll lean into it eventually. I think but the he's funny managing thing about, the number one, cont- he's managing the, the 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 heel, the top heel in the company. I mean, the guy who's going to be fighting the, the AEW champion. I yeah, mean, that's like, that's, it's pretty into wild. it now. It's pretty wild. Like, I've seen it coming, you know, with the American top team. And you, you kind of think that, oh, like, they're, this is their answer to, like, not having like a Brock Lesnar or Bobby Lashley. It's like, look, we got real fighters that are real champions in the UFC and blah, blah, blah. But like, he ends up being the biggest star out of all of them because I'm sure nobody wants to bump or nobody wants to do anything like too crazy. And we've seen, you know, Jorge Masvidal like with a bunch of flying knees to be like, okay, you know what? Let's just take the good out of this. And, um, you know, like he is. So entertaining. Let me give him his props first before I say anything. He is so entertaining. Like, he is so such a natural. He is, like, the perfect sort of. He's the perfect foil for, like, AEW fans to get true heat because he takes. It's almost because he takes wrestling so seriously. Like, he, he takes it as serious as, like, you know, just incredulously thinking, like, Adam Page, you're not even a real cowboy. You watch Toy Story and you were influenced by like what kind of man are you? And like the the way he he talks so deliberately to the people that AEW loves, he's basically talking directly to the AEW fans and saying, like, you guys are idiots for liking this dude. You know what I mean? Like, you guys are idiots for for going through all this. You feel me? So it's funny. It's he's I, I think uh, you know, they're they're warming the murder hawk back up. I think he kind of came in real hot and then cooled off for a little bit um to kind of like do his thing um but i the messed up thing is like i don't think a lot of people are really talking about him like that like i think again 
he's stealing the show. And, you know, if they know what's good for them, maybe he doesn't What do you mean? Not, wear, talking, like, not talking about who like that? They're not talking about I don't Murder think they're Hawk talking like about that? Murderhawk. Like, I think, I think Dan Lambert's the guy that is really, like, juicing up this feud. And granted, like, it's good to see Adam Page go up and get some big guys and work some big guys for a while and really, um, you know, get his title rate yeah. off to a strong start. But, you know, here we go again with Lambert being the talk of the guy, talk of the town, you know, when it comes to this feud. And that's just, I do I, like that Lambert's something different. Right. I mean, yes. and again, we see we've seen Lambert. Lambert's running two of the big feuds on TV right now. So it's not something different. It's a weird way to put it. But there is a lot of like wrestler who you're dimly familiar with standing next to re- wrestling legend in the ring and the legend cuts the promo whatever. AEW kind of had too much of that. So there, so this is a way to to, to, to you know, vary things now. I will say that even if they just have this match at Beast Bash or whatever and and Murderhawk loses and goes back to the back of the line or whatever, the fact that he looks like a million bucks and a credible challenger to the title without having been on TV a bunch and without a lot of consistency and without just being one of the top guys in the company on any list speaks volumes about the way AEW can do things you know i mean it's just they it's they can it feels really legit and i'm excited to see this match and everything else but one of the real one of the real values of a manager like dan lambert i wish he was dressed differently uh <laughs> is is that he can go out there and talk and point at the champion and murderhawk doesn't even have to be on tv that week right i mean and that's that's a real old school manager thing. And, and and when I was growing up, that was a product of necessity, right? Like, like we are not going to pay to <laughs> like, we can't, we like, we we're only paying Kamala to show up three times. Right. So like this, yeah. week, Jimmy, Jimmy Hart's just going to go out and like talk shit to Jerry, the King Lawler about Kamala or that. Yeah. I don't think that never really happened, but you know, they would bring in these like few, well, these they did bad it with guys. Brock too. They did it with Brock. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But, but, but there's a, but there's like, you know, a longstanding tradition in the, in the territory days that like the bad guys would cycle through, but the, but the heel managers were there to stay. Right. And so you have like, when I was growing up, Jerry, the King Lawler's biggest, before he went to WWF, Jerry, Jerry, the King Lawler's like biggest rival was the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. Right. Like he was the manager of all of the dudes that would come through, you know, and that, and that's, and it was sort of like Bobby Heenan did a similar thing in WWE with the Heenan family. Although those, you know, there was more consistency of, you know, contract and of presence and everything there, but like, but you know, Hart managed Andy Kaufman. Like that was, that's how they kind of legitimized Andy Kaufman when he went to Memphis. I mean, that, that was, that's the way that worked. And it, and it makes sense in this day and age, partly just to keep the wrestling fresh, to keep, to keep the wrestlers fresh. You know, it's like, you don't, if, 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 you know, you're, if your monster heel is out there cutting promos on the babyface champion every week, he feels a little bit less like a monster, you know. And so it's cool. It's cool the way they're doing it. I just have. It's just a lot of Dan Lambert, and it's a lot of, and it's still like every time he comes on, there's just a little bit of like, who is this guy and what's he doing there to me? Because it, it, it just doesn't feel like. I don't know. Doesn't feel quite of a piece with everything else, despite the fact that he's a really freaking amazing talker. Like he's just a naturally gifted heel manager. But do you think that this kind of speaks to the fact that Adam Page isn't the most important guy on the show, despite being the champ? Like, uh, do you think it speaks to the fact that, like, you know, 
that you know the title with him on like is just me asking i'm not i'm not trying to refer anything but like do you think you know that is a big reason why that you know it's it doesn't feel as special i want to say if you want if you're if you're i mean if your question is basically i mean like right like they're like you, like when like anytime like in cena at cena's absolute wwe apex there were times where he would main event shows when, when even when he wasn't champion, right? Main event pay-per-views and people would always complain about that. If you're asking me if there's a little bit of like Daniel Bryan wins the title and immediately feuds with Kane to vibe to Heyman Page versus Lance Archer, yeah. I mean, if that were every... If, 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 if Heyman Page were always getting second billing and feuding with the sort of second tier monster heels, yeah. But but that's not what's going to happen. They're they make they're making this feel cool. This is this is a this is a second tier sort of feud because it's going to be. I think they're going to put it on a second tier sort of televised show, and it's just they're, they're But but yeah, it's not going to be on a Revolution or, or no. Any, and I and I, and I think like that, that I think that what what we're seeing is the real ability of AEW to make a thing feel important. But there's that little voice in the back of your mind that's like, well, this isn't important enough for a big pay per view, you know. But like, it's not. Like they're just actually doing a good job of hyping up a, a, a medium match, right? Is that by the way? I just googled Lance Archer because I was going to make a joke that I'm not even going to jo- joke anymore. Uh, no, I, I googled Murder Hawk. Sorry, that was it because I, I thought that'd be faster. And I do this thing sometimes on Pressbox and other podcasts where we just have like adventures in Google searches um, and just see what the auto question the people also ask are when you like Google somebody's name. The first question under people also ask when you Google Murder Hawk is how is Lance Archer doing? Nah. <laughs> do you think that's people that haven't seen Lance Archer since he was on WWE television are like, hey, how's he doing? Or is it like people who watch AEW who are like concerned for his well-being? Like, how's Lance Archer doing? Is he? I don't know. I mean, he was gone for a while, and, and you know, and I don't know if he was hurt, but yeah, the neck injury. Oh, that no, no, he did that's have the actually neck injury. it. That's right. The answer, right, which right. I just clicked on, was Tony Khan answering about the neck injury. Anyway, gotcha, we're talking gotcha. about Tony Khan. We're talking about AEW. We spent a long time talking about Dan Lambert. We we need to talk about uh, our guy John Moxley, who came back last yeah. night. Um, good to see him back. I was frankly less. It took. I had to see the side by side photos that people were posting online well after the promo before I realized how physically different the dude looks. Yeah, uh, he's got a. His hair grow. His hair has grown back in a way that's borderline miraculous, and I have to say I'm a little bit jealous of whatever happened behind <laughs> that. But I'll, but again, we'll set that one aside. Uh, he looks great. He sounds great. Uh, he got dangerously close to sort of a little woo woo territory in that promo that was making me a little bit uncomfortable. Just not in a bad way. Not in that he shouldn't do it way, but like it's an awkward. It's awkward to hear somebody lay that kind of shit out real openly in front of you way. But then he turned. Then it became more of a wrestling promo at the end. I thought it was really well done. I mean, it's like if you go through the whole roller coaster of like you, you're like, oh, this is gonna be cool, and then you're at some point you're like, you know, this is kind of why probably why Vince scripts most of his promos because it's like you don't want someone to have too much control and then you're immediately back in you're like oh this is why you shouldn't script promos right because you get regardless of the road that got you there and the road was fine it's you get a human reaction at the end you know because it's a human talking to you and it's a real thing and it's uh and it was it was it's really amazing um i'm i'm 
whatever happens next, and obviously we, you know, Dan Lambert's going to be involved in that too. Apparently, he's gonna, he's going to be fighting Ethan Page. Was it next week or whatever? Yeah. But regardless, oh, Rampage, yeah, right. Uh, it's great to see him back. He looked he looked incredible. He looked like he 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 got he lost some weight. He looked uh very like he tightened up the hair, obviously. But more importantly than that, he just you know he looked healthy. You know what I'm saying? He looked coherent. He looked like you know. He looked like he was ready to be a star again, you know, and, um, you know, it's one thing you got to give AEW is that like they've had a lot of very human moments on their show and they do it in the right way. They basically go, hey, there's some important shit that happened. We're going to kick the show off with it. We're going to give you a microphone and here's eight minutes. Just say what's on your mind. You know what I mean? And um you were right. There's definitely some moments where you see, you know, why some moments are, you know, you, you want to at least go out there with something that ties us back into a, a show or ties us back into like why we're watching it. But I think we're at the point, especially in 2022, where like we really want to, well, not me personally. I, I think I, I, I hate that we know so much about our wrestlers personal lives, but I, I think we're at a point where, you know, fans really will. They will give a lot of grace. They give a lot of grace to a wrestling program if they feel like what they're getting is 100% legit and real and coming straight from the heart. I don't think people are going to be like, eh, that wasn't a great promo. You know what I mean? Like, I think people are going to look at it and, you know, and, and AEW's done a great job with that. They've done a great job of letting people just, you know, feel how they want to feel and get it out there and, you know, use it, you know, and, and if it comes out good, if it comes out bad, like they'll just end up using it and just kind of roll with it. And, um, Mox who, you know, man, arguably gave them the most legitimacy as a company. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you could talk about, you know, Jericho and the bucks and, you know, the executive board and all that stuff, but it was really Moxley that was like the, Oh, these guys are serious type of signee, you know what I mean? Yeah. When he came on board. So it's amazing, by the way, because this relates to Cody Rhodes, pretty excellent Cody Rhodes promo last night. It's amazing how many dudes have claim to the reason why AEW matters right now. Mm, right? Moxley's like that. got that. Uh CM Punk's got that. I mean, obviously, right now, Daniel Bryan obviously has got that. Uh, Cody Rhodes has got that. Chris Jericho's got that. Kenny Omega's got that. Is there anybody I'm forgetting? Regardless, regardless, that is a multi-person match or a tournament or like whatever that we should have at some point in the not too far future. Where it's just like, like the the I'm the, like the literal bragging rights. I'm the only person. <laughs> I'm the only person that gets to claim that I'm why AEW matters. Jericho's like, like, in there. Like trophy. Oh, I said Jericho. Yeah. yeah. I mean, imagine. I mean, like there, that's a. It's pretty crazy how many people, how many, uh, how many. I mean, and it's obviously a combination. There's not one winner or whatever. But that's what's so cool is that they all can kind of like claim. You're right about Mox. I mean, he was he's a huge huge reason. He gave them so much legitimacy. He gave legitimacy to the company by from casual fans that were familiar with Dean Ambrose and everything else. Um, he also gave a lot of legitimacy to, like like side eye kind of legitimacy to folks like you and me who are like who the moment he shows up and you see him but like the end of his by the end of his first match you're like okay they they're doing better with him like <laughs> like this is kind of awkward to say they're way better at this in some ways in wwe yeah, right like you can like, already tell so the uh, last the last ambrose run was pretty forgettable and a week into him being an AEW, it was like oh okay 
this is tight. You know what I mean? Like, so um, you got to give him that. But I mean, yeah, points were made. He was uh, excellent on the mic last night. And it was really good to see him. He is as important uh, a wrestler as there is in all of professional wrestling. Like, you know, he still has that, that, um, he still had the unpredictability. I think he's, correct me if I'm wrong, is he still the GCW world champion? Like, is he still like the reigning GCW world champ? I'm pretty sure. Wait, um, uh, yeah, wait, I actually don't know the answer to this. He was when he went out. What is the, what is, uh, I think he's, I think he's defending the GCW world championship, uh, very soon. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he's, he's jumped between a bunch of, uh, you know, uh, uh, promotions and, you know, as, as big a name. I mean, like, I know Cody Rhodes mentioned like uh, him being the champ, first person right. to do all this type of stuff, but like it was, it was Mox who, you know, went from being a top WWE star to being like, you know, the king of the other world of professional wrestling, you know? So, um, man, it was really good to see him. I'm excited to see what they get into. I, I hope it's going to be really hard to continue the kind of path he was on before he left. Cause I think they were toying with him becoming like this sort of like sadistic sort of heel. Uh, but you know, now that he's got this great, you know, comeback story, We'll see how long that lasts, right? Well, I mean, like, he ended his promo by saying all he's drinking now is blood. So that's not exactly the most baby face <laughs> it's like, thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it'll be it'll, it will be interesting to see where they go with that. Uh, a lot of people are talking about how the first thing um, that came out of his mouth when he got in the ring is like, is like, shut the fuck up, get this guy out of here. Yeah. Um, I'm going to tell you how much I care about that. None, none. Like, <laughs> really. I mean, unless the guy, like, I'm much more worried about, like, whether or not, like, he was actually thrown out and whether guards, like, roughed him up unnecessarily or whatever. Apparently, but he said something about, you know, get this drunk out of here or something like that. He said, like that, apparently, right? this is what the the, 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 the the online nerds that I trust most said that, have, have are, are 100% sure the dude said, get the garbage truck and get this trash out of the ring. Which is not exactly the most problematic thing in the world. Um... But, you know, if he's saying all this other stuff, he's talking specifically about, yeah, I mean, shut the fuck up. It's okay to say shut the fuck up. But it's also, uh, you know, I mean, who, but it's not like Moxley, like, physically removed him from the arena. It's not like he, like, broke character to do it. It's like, wait, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So anyway, um, I'm happy to not talk about that anymore unless there's some developments. So let's talk about WrestleMania. I mean, we got Royal Rumble is coming up in a couple of weeks. Um a week and a half, basically, at this point. Uh, we got the Elimination Chamber or the WrestleMania Chamber or the Saudi Arabia Chamber, like whatever, <laughs> coming up uh, after that. Yeah. I will say that I don't, when we were talking, Jack Farmer was on the show in your chair last week. And we, Great I was, job, Jack. I asked if it would be, I mean, we, we talked a little bit about like, could you just go to Saudi Arabia? I think this is it, or it was it you two weeks ago. I think you can, can you go, could you go to Saudi Arabia and just, if WWE was like, this is out of storyline, this is an alternate universe. If they just formally said that, could they get away with it? It doesn't really matter. But like, I'm actually okay with Elimination Chamber being there and kind of, I mean, not going there is still a shitty idea, but like, I thought th my worry was that they were going to run out of like like um, main event matches if they ran Rumble, which has obviously a couple matches that we're dying to see on it, and then a big show in Saudi, and then wrestle. Like by the time they got to WrestleMania, like what's left, right? Um, so putting Elimination Chamber as the big event there, I guess, is is a pretty good move. Although 
just from a purely technical standpoint, I mean, it's mostly a live show. It's like it has, I'm sure, just like an incredibly small Ooh, online. I don't know. We can't we can't say that about the last. The last Saudi show was a banger. The last Saudi show with uh, you know it was Goldberg and Lashley. Yeah, and Seth Rollins and Edge and that classic. Like now they've. They've put in some. They, they're starting to put a little bit more. Monk, the King of the Ring, obviously. Yeah, no, I mean, Roman I just mean, I just mean for a show that where it seems like. I mean, I guess they want all of us to watch on Peacock. So I'm not trying to say they don't care, but it's just like it feels like it's always felt like more of a super duper house show than a than a pay per view. And even and so, why are you putting a cage match there that's going to make the live audience have difficulty watching what's going on? <laughs> I think that's my only like it's it's like a television production for a, for a house show. It just seems a little bit well, whatever. I appreciate that they're doing the elimination chamber. Then that's great. Uh, but what I really want to talk about is WrestleMania because it looks like we're starting. We're on the road to WrestleMania, and so we're going to continue with our way too early WrestleMania predictions. What do you think? Is it? Is it possible we're not going to do title versus title at WrestleMania and we're going to have Roman and Brock still, but maybe, maybe Rollins Lashley for one of these, for, for, for one of these titles? Because it does seem like they've, they've cycled through basically every combination on the Raw side. But they let Rollins Lashley end in a little bit of a, a schmoz last night. Well, I mean, last night, Monday night, as they at the same time as they sort of summarily dismissed all these other options, right? We've seen KO against these guys. We've seen Big E against these guys. Is that is that crazy to think that we're gonna maybe see Rollins Lashley at Mania? Uh, I don't know. I don't think that's happening. I don't think that's happening. Um, I still think we're going. I still think we're going. Uh, Brock Roman title for title. Um, okay. I don't know how we get there. I think that's the biggest match you can make uh, with Roman. I think you got to have one of those guys and with two titles at the end of the night. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I think the reason why you really got a non-finish is because, you know, you, I think one of those guys is walking out of WrestleMania Royal Rumble with the title. I don't know who. Um, but I do think, you know, there's a possibility that, you know, I, Wait, I, I but know. if we're going title versus title, you're right, then they you're right, you're right, you're right. Choose that. I, I mean, listen, know. they're, they're, they consistently turn up the volume on Lashley to the point where like, I'm always surprised at how much they're, they're behind him. Right. I mean, and, and, and Monday night was crazy how dominant they're making him look. I mean, it was the whole point of the show was he's an unstoppable beast, you know, and I know they're, they're steering towards making him look competitive with Lesnar mm. but still it's like they I mean that's they care a lot about Well he's had a hell of about, a year. About, he's mm -hmm. had a hell of a year, you know what I mean? So I don't think it's he's had a whole ton of uh you know uh a uh, uh, downtime where they had to build him back up, you know what I mean? Like when he lost the title it was kind of fluky and you know he's beating the crap out of a lot of people. So I think they've they protected him pretty well. Um but man, I just feel like it it's all going to be dependent on how this like nine the the next nine days of this Seth Rollins babyface turn is going to look right. Like if Seth Rollins comes out at Royal Rumble and the whole stadium is singing his his entrance music, which is over as hell now, and he's dancing in the sequin suit or whatever, and if he's over like we're over by then, I could be convinced that we can get somewhere. With Rollins going into you know one of these big events, either Elimination Chamber or WrestleMania as a world champion, 
Bobby, I'm not completely sure of. I'd be shocked, absolutely shocked, if he beats Brock Lesnar and and wins the WWE Championship. But I just feel like everything is really contingent on can they make Seth Rollins a top baby, a true top baby face again, not a cool heel, but yeah. like a, a guy that he can that could really be on top one more time. Um. One more time. I mean, the, the the problem with Rollins, I think the, mo- the the most difficult thing to juggle with Rollins, and in wrestling you get an endless amount of restarts or whatever. But like, is that he? I think I said this the other day, the, one of the last few episodes. He's got. A, he has to be a. T- he has to be a number one guy for them, right? He has. He. They need him to be consistently a Roman Reigns level person. And so it's not just can they get him back there for a match. It's like can they? How do they? How do we get him back there for a match? But like have the legs of a permanent fixture in the main event, right? It's like like smarmy heel, you know, drip-tastic Seth Rollins is just a fucking great character, but I mean, let's be honest, not exactly the face of a company, right? And I'm not saying the gimmick's hopeless. I'm just saying like like the way he's he's kind of been presented as a sort of I don't know, Rick Rude level like like 1B level level villain, right? And like he's, you he can put him against your top baby face, but like he's not carrying a brand necessarily. But, well, Rick Rude could have been that in WCW if he hadn't broken his back, I guess. But I don't know. It's weird because it's like on SmackDown, he is like this, you know, he's Seth and he's being like this guy who literally taking credit for the creation of Roman Reigns, you know what I mean? And on Raw, he's right back to being like the heel with Kevin Owens and and doing that whole thing. So like I, I it's confusing to me a little bit. Yeah, it's I'm true. just thinking it, it's all WrestleMania is all going to be dependent on a who they could bring out, you know what I mean, as as a special guest or whatever, as a special main attraction and B can Seth Rollins be at the top of the the company again as a top baby face with this like drip God character. Like, can he get it over to the point where we want to see him, you know what I mean? Like beat somebody for a world championship. I don't know. Do not know, but we gonna see. We got nine more days to get there. We will see. Um, yeah, well, I don't mind them kind of playing both sides at this point because that is a, it's sort of like weirdly closer to re- the inconsistency makes it more realistic in some ways. He is playing two different things, two different, two different characters sort of right now. You know, he's feuding with the he, he's a sort of heel on Rob. But he's also feuding with the top heel in the company. So I don't know. I mean, I, I'm as I think that will be more clarity moving forward after after the rumble to be sure. So we'll see. Right. Um. Lita and Charlotte at WrestleMania. Oh yeah. Bang, yes, 1,000%. Put that in there. Um, I don't want to see Lita win the Royal Rumble, you know what I mean? But I do definitely want to see her uh, earn her way back into the... Before we even get back, can we just give props to Lita still looking amazing all 20 years later, still in the, in the wrestling business? Just looked incredible on SmackDown. Uh, and it was a match that I didn't know I wanted until I saw them together. Lita was Lita's name, I don't think, has ever come up in our numerous discussions no. about what legends are left out there. I mean it, it wasn't even like it wasn't even like lingering out there. It was like I was just watching SmackDown and it was like, oh, Lita returns. I was like, oh shit. Okay, that's that's cool. Like I yeah. didn't think it was bubbling like that, but 
Definitely, definitely, definitely want to see her at WrestleMania, especially if she can still go. Like, I think she can still go. Yeah, I think her and Charlotte is the right matchup. I mean, I think that'll potentially be a, a lot of fun. And it's so, cool now that we got, you know, these woman legends that are the equivalent of, like, bringing The Rock back or bringing Brock Lesnar back, you know what I'm saying? Well, like, I mean, I think that's really dude, cool. if there's one upside to, you know, putting your female wrestlers out to pasture about a decade earlier than you do your men it's that they're you know they can they can keep coming back for years and years right i mean that's like they just like callously toss mickey james out when she's like 28 and it's just like oh hey it turns out mickey james can still wrestle even though she's 38 or whatever it's like yeah fuck yeah she can like every man is wrestling till they're 45 like what are you yeah, talking about i mean yeah but anyway uh it's good to see her back uh i i mean lita is lita's sort of like I mean, listen, Trish Stratus, one of the icons of all time. But sometimes when you're like handcuffed to somebody, you're like you, it, it. Somebody gets a little bit unjustifiably brought down. Lita is an absolute wrestling icon, and Trish Stratus is too. But Lita, on her own, is like, like there is just like a, his, a, a historical figure, you know. And like, and and to see her come back should be just like a major moment. And they're treating it like one. They kind of have to. They're treating it like one. Um, we got to get out of here. But so we're just going to run through everything else uh, in a little uh, speed round of sell or no sell. As everybody knows, it's sort of like buy or sell, but it's flipped because in wrestling, you sell when something's good. No sell means you don't like the thing. Okay, so Kaz. Let's do it. I'm just, Some of these are going to be super easy, hopefully. Listen, so, I'm Dolph Ziggler, baby. I can sell anything. Sell or no sell? <laughs> uh, sell or no sell? Finn Balor jobbing to Austin Theory. Ooh, no selling this one. Uh, no fucking I, explanation. I no explanation for that. I love Austin Theory. I think Austin Theory has a hell of a future, but my God, you can't find somebody else? You can't find somebody else for this? But eh. yeah, sell or no, no sell or no sell? Rick Bugenhagen's or Boog's haircut. Oh, I haven't seen the haircut. He got so a short. I, he's got short hair now. At first, you're just oh, like, oh no, you can't make a metal guy work without long hair. No, I'm no selling this one. Big no sell. Big, big, big no sell. I love the yeah, hair. I kind of am too. Although he's got this like you know the fake denim singlet on, and he's such a creep. Like he's an '80s character. And even though the hair helped with that, the short hair makes me immediately think of like Ted Arcidi or like one of these like muscle heads from the 80s. So there's a weird connection there, but I agree. Uh, well, we can agree to no sell on that one. Um, let's just take a general one here. The House of Black. You have to sell this, but I just want to say the House of Black out loud here. House of Black. Uh, can I be 1 million percent honest? Yeah. Don't know too much about Brody King. I've heard a lot about him for a number of years. You know, I, I think I still need to see more. I don't want to come in and feel like I have a whole opinion on the guy where I really don't really know that much about him. I do know he used to tag with uh with with Tommy End uh, mm -hmm. in his Tommy End days. But like the I, PWG, a, are they still the PWG tag team champions? They're, they're, they're still, still the like PWG currently. Listen, all, you champions, but, all you have to do is I mean, just that entrance last night was all you need was, to know. Yes, yes. So we're I, sell, we're I, we're both selling that for sure. That's what I was getting to. Like me not knowing much about him, but seeing the presentation from last night, I'm like oh, those guys should be your tag team champions, AEW. <laughs> like, 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 they should, like, nerf Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus the next time they see them. You well, know hey, okay, I mean? here's a better one. Santana uh, Ortiz finally getting a storyline. 
Sell yeah. or no sell? <laughs> selling that. Selling that. I mean, for the longest time, I never knew why they were friends. <laughs> Did it seem like... True what are they getting out of, of this? People. What are they getting out of this? But uh, yeah, no, uh, I'm, I'm selling on this. I think uh, the, the the artist formerly known as LAX, Santana and Ortiz, um, you know, I got I to gotta stick with my New Yorker. So yeah, fuck with it. It's a big sell. All right. Um, let me see what else I got on here. Oh, uh, Flying Sting. Sell or no sell? Sting uh. doing the, the, the <laughs> off the stage table splash. God bless you, Sting. God bless you. But I would be lying if I don't cringe and hold and clutch my pearls anytime you do anything remotely physical. I was at Night of Champions when he was carried out in a stretcher. So literally every time I see him in a wrestling ring, it is an actual, actual miracle. So I'm selling that. But please, Sting, take it easy, bro. You have nothing left to prove. <laughs> take it easy. Just come out, do the woo. Hang out for a minute, and I promise you, everyone will go home happy. <laughs> the, the crazy thing about Sting is this. He's growing on me in an interesting way. I've always been a Sting fan. I was a huge Sting mark as a little kid. The thing about Sting, and you might have seen some of this backstage when you, when you were in WWE. The, the thing, in the when he made his comeback for the Hall of Fame, I've talked to a lot of people. I had this experience myself. The thing that strikes you about Sting, or that at that point struck you about Sting, is that for a wrestling legend and somebody who had been continuously working in the wrestling business, right? He was in TNA impact for all those years when a lot of his contemporaries were like part-timers or like, you know, not working at all for a guy who's a wrestler has been continuously working. He's not, it never seemed that particularly like interested in professional wrestling. You know, when he came to WWE, be doing the press rounds and you're like, who do you want to work with? And he would just be like, um, is Seth Rollins a guy, you know, like whatever, like, he, like it's just, he, he was never passionate about it in the way that like, you know, well, like, of course, like a Daniel Bryan or whatever is passionate about it. He seems to have found his passion for pro wrestling at the age of 60 in a way that it's literally he's never had it before. I mean, it was, nah. all, who knows how passionate nah. he was in the, in the, in the late eighties or early nineties, whatever. But like a lot of that was handed to him. Right. So, yeah, he was this bodybuilder that like, he came in with like the ultimate warrior. Like you would have thought he was one of those dudes. I would just kind of come in and make his money. And he's always been a committed performer. I'm not trying yes. to shortchange him at all, but yeah. in terms, but in terms of like, like, it would never have occurred to me that Sting was a dude who would just like love to like show up every week and give the rub to someone like Darby Allen. Like I would expect that of Arn Anderson, mm -hmm. you know, or like whatever, like just doing whatever I can for the next generation of and just having fun out there. I would have never thought that would be Sting. And it is Sting. And he's like the greatest of all time has found one of the greatest of all time. He's found another level. He's found another gear and he's found uh, a, a a huge set of balls to jump off the stage at his age and crossbody somebody. I mean, Jesus. And I, uh, I, I love that you found the, the, the positive and, <laughs> and I still get a little bit of the goose, I guess for a good reason, I still get the goosebumps anytime he does anything out there, but, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. More sting, more sting, but not so physical, please. For the love of God. <laughs> 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 Who knows, man? He's, he might he might be tag team champs before we know it. All right. Uh, thank you for doing this, man. You want to get your plugs in? 
Yeah, man. Uh, say less with Kazo, King and Rosie. We're doing the Twitter spaces latest today, but you can also catch us on uh, YouTube.com slash Kazim. Catch you on MSG Network with Monica McNutt on MSG PM. Uh, I did an episode of the sessions with Renee Paquette that came out today. So if you ever want to hear about my stories of how we met and being on the road together and creative and, you know, fun and single and all these dad stories that the new parent stories that we're sharing together it was really fun it was really great obviously she's the best um and uh go check that out whenever you get a chance but that's all i got buddy you can see me here you can or hear me here you can hear me on the press box listen to all the shows on the ringer wrestling show feed uh, you heard Jack here last week, but Mac Mania is amazing as uh, it continues to be amazing, and, and Cheap Eat is just you know it's the place to be. They were on fire this week too. Uh, thank you guys all for listening. Special thanks to Babyface Production Assistant John Kerma, and it's good to see you back, John Moxley. We'll see you back here next week, humanoids. Peace out.